0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You know, uh, it's been spring break. we got a lot of staff gone. And so I, I say thank you to all those ones on the praise and worship team tonight. Ernest and Shelley, and then uh, Joe Duran on the guitar. And, of course, Philip on the drums and Miss Care on the keyboard. All you guys in the sound booth, thank you. Thank you for serving. You know, the sound booth's not an easy job. If I was on the sound with you guys would be really frustrated tonight. Okay? Bless them. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. You know, uh, we've been talking about the laws of the spiritual laws, and we'll jump on that. I, I always love the stories when they go to the orphanage, just to hear them. And uh, the guy who was playing the guitar tonight, Joe Duran, me and him were down there one year, and and his Spanish has ever been as bad as mine. Hola, no comprende. And so when I go down there, I just bluff my way through everything. And I've been known where we come up to checkpoints, and they're flagging me down. I just run right on through them. No comprende, I'll look at them. And so we're we're at this elementary one day, and there's hundreds of kids around. And, man, they, they don't know English, and I don't know Spanish. And Joe is no help. And so my thought always is, I just say as top of my lungs that I can, I say, does anybody in here speak English? And that day, this one little boy about this big, he looked at me and goes, I do. And I said, oh, Jesus answers prayer. Come here, buddy. And so he came over there, and I said, where did you learn English? And he said, I was born in East L.A. He said, I grew up in L.A. And he said, I'm here now, and so... That whole day he became my guide and and what I got tickled about when I was looking at Joe back there, I look up and Joe's in the cafeteria with this little boy eating. And I sat there and looked and I thought, Joe's here eating all their food and it doesn't bother them a bit because they were so giving. And so in our life, no matter where you're at, I, I believe the love of God can come out. I believe God will use you right there even if you don't know other languages. So don't ever put God in a box, all right? If you got your Bible, go with me to first John chapter three. 1 John three. Now, like I said, we've been on spiritual laws. This is our this is our tenth week of it. And we just kind of hit a little bit each week and let, let the scriptures teach us tonight, okay? You know, I found in life that you can dodge your responsibilities, but you cannot dodge the consequences of dodging your responsibilities. Can't do it, okay? And so, in other words, you're gonna have to to start living. And, and, and living by faith and trusting God, even what I said a minute ago. You know, tomorrow is the only day of the year that's very appealing to a lazy man. Tomorrow is. And there was a saying I read the other day, and it was at a furniture store, and the sign said this, Tomorrow we will give away all the furniture in the whole store. The problem with that is tomorrow the sign will read the same thing tomorrow we'll give away all the furniture in the same store in the store. So ultimately what happens is tomorrow never comes. That's why I must make my today's count. And I can't put the things of God off to the future. I got to start to a place and say, "You know what? I'm going to start living by the word of God today." Today I got to make my today's happen, okay? We begin first John 3 verse 7. Little children Let no one deceive you or lead you astray. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. And when we talk about righteousness, it means I'm I'm in right standing with God, but he uses the word practice there. He who practices righteousness. He who does the things that Jesus would do. And the way that happens is, is Jesus will grace me. He'll help me. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. So, man, Jesus qualifies me. So, verse 8. He who sins is of the devil. Now, when we talk about sin, it it means that they are not characterized by habitual practice of sin. But he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the very beginning. For this purpose... The son of man, that he might was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now the word destroy there means that he might loose, he might sever, he may break, he may undo. What did he say? The works of the devil or the dominion of the devil. Now when we read right there that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, that tells me and you something right there. The devil has works. The devil tries to get us to operate in sin. But also, if you want a great scripture that John 10, 10 says, the thief, the devil comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. So we go back to what Jesus said, for this cause or for this purpose, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now, who did he do that for? He didn't do that for himself. He could whip him. So he literally did those things... For me and you. Now, even though Jesus has destroyed the works of the devil for us, I can live with a lack of dominion or an attitude of defeat. So it's one thing to know the Word of God. It's another thing to do the Word of God. But to begin with, we've got to know what our inheritance are in Jesus Christ. And then when I find out what my inheritance is, I must implement it in my life. I must start doing the word now in James 1 James says be doers of the word and not hearers only So yes, we see biblically right here that Jesus destroyed the works of the devil So what does that mean for me? We'll turn back to your left there to the book of Colossians chapter 1 Chapter number one of Colossians and we'll begin in in verse number 9 now if you hadn't been here in the church very long, you'll you'll hear me reference Colossians 1 often, often, often. And the reason I reference it often, and I'll get into it the, the more we go tonight, it was one of the passages of Scripture that literally, literally set me free. I I had a lot of the works of the devil in my life. I mean, it's nothing to brag about. I believe every one of us have been dominated by things of the devil before. But you know what? If Jesus came to destroy the works, I'm going to benefit from it. I'm going to be a partaker of that. So we start Colossians 1, verse 9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask. Now, when we go in prayer, that's what we're doing. We begin to ask. And so he said, From this day, I haven't ceased to pray for you, and I haven't ceased to ask for you. Now, in saying this, what I want you to see is when I begin to read this, I believe not only can we pray this and we can ask this for one another, we can pray this and ask this for our own life. So watch what he prays here and watch what he asks. He said, and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will." that you may know the the knowledge of the will of God, what God's will is for your life. So he's praying this. I want to know the will of God. Keep reading with me. And in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So again, I I want to be controlled by the fullest of, of knowledge and wisdom of God's will in my life. I can pray that right there. Father God, I ask you. I ask you to bless me with knowledge. I ask you to bless me with wisdom. Verse 10. That you may walk worthy of the Lord. Now remember, we go back to this. You can pray this. You can ask this. So I ask, Father God, that I walk worthy of the Lord. I ask that you fully please Him. I ask that you be fruitful in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. I ask that you strengthen me with all might according to your glorious power. I ask for patience. That's a good one. I ask for long suffering. And I ask for joy. So literally when I read these, these are things me and you can begin to pray. These are the things me and you can begin to ask. Not just for me, but other people. Jump now. Verse 12. Giving the thanks to the Father who has qualified us, giving thanks to the Father who's qualified us. The word qualified there means to make competent, to authorize. It means to enable. So keep reading. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers. Partakers of what? Be partakers of the inheritance of the saints that are in light. And so you begin to see right here that me and you have an inheritance. But he wants us to be partakers of the inheritance that's in light. Light of what? Light of what Jesus did for us and light of what the Word of God says. So again, I can be what the Word says I can be. I can have what the Word says I can have and I can do what the Word says I am. But when he talks about that we can be partakers of the inheritance... I've got to know, number one, what my inheritance is before it ever does me any good. And then, number two, once I find out what the inheritance is, I still got to act on it. See, it'd be like David here tonight, that if he never knew he had an inheritance in a million dollars, he could never do anything about it. But if he found out about it, he could say, hey, I got an inheritance. But if he never went to the bank to get it and do it, it wouldn't do him any good. So one, we've got to know what our inheritance is. And he said right there that we've been qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of what Jesus did. So let me read verse 13. And this is part of your inheritance or your benefit package as a child of God. Verse 13. He has delivered us. One translation says, he has rescued us. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Woo. He has delivered us from the control and dominion of darkness. That's part of my, my, my inheritance package right there. Now here's a question. Is there darkness in your life right now? That's interesting. He says that we can be partakers of the inheritance in the light. And after that, he said that he's delivered us from the power of darkness. So you may be sitting here tonight, and you may have darkness in your life. It's okay. It's not okay. You stay that way because it said he's delivered us from that. So I give my heart to Jesus, and, and in my life, I start reading these scriptures, and I realize... I'm born again, but I still got this darkness in my life. I've never dealt with it. Part of the reason I never dealt with it, I never knew I had an inheritance. I thank man, I gave my life to Jesus, and well, thank the Lord, that's a great thing. But I didn't realize until you begin to study, He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. So again, let me ask you, what, what is the darkness in your life? Is there darkness? Read what He said. He's delivered us. He's delivered us now. Let let me tell you, when you look at this verse right here, he's delivered us out of the darkness. This is cross-referenced back to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. I'm not going to have you turn there. I'm just going to quote it for you. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Remember, those are the fallen angels. So right here, he's telling me and you, I've delivered you out of the power of those stinking devils. Now, here's an interesting verse, and you can go with me if you want. This is found in in Mark chapter 3, and I've got to read this to you tonight because this is cross-reference in that too. So I want you to see this. Listen to this. This is Mark 3, starting in verse 13. And Jesus went up to the mountains, and he called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach and to have power, to heal sickness and to cast out demons. Now understand this, guys, I didn't say this. This is what the Bible said. This is where it cross-reference here. The word power right there is a Greek word called exoseia. And the word exousia here means the authority or right to act, the ability, the capacity, the delegated authority. So Jesus gave his followers, me and you, exosia. He gave us power to, one, preach the word. He gave us power to lay hands on the sick and they recover. And he gave us power to cast out devils. Every bit of that is found in Mark 16 in the Great Commission. But again, that if I don't understand my power and authority, I don't benefit. So we go back to Colossians 1 there, and he says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the heritage and saints' life. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he has conveyed us into the kingdom of his son of his love. That word convey there means he's transferred us. Now, I like this definition even better. It's deportation. He took us out of the kingdom of darkness and he deported us into the kingdom of light. He took me out of the realm of darkness and he took me out of the, into the realm of light is what he did right here. But again, the issue becomes that if he purchased my freedom and all that, I still have to believe it and I still have to act on it. So how did that pertain to my life? Well, years ago... I had been dominated by alcohol. I mean dominated, 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 and bless my wife, she got to witness me in my worst. And a lot of people didn't even know I was dominated by it. And so I give my heart to Jesus. Believe this or not, after I gave my heart to Jesus, I knew there was a call on my life. I go to Bible school. Now this may help you. Any time in my life that life squeezed me or got very difficult, what do you do? You go back to your habits. So I'm at Bible school, and periodically, life would squeeze me. At that time in my life, I I didn't know how to turn to the Lord. And so I would go back and drink, and it wasn't right. I'm going to tell you there is right now. And so, man, it began to bother me. I said, I don't want to do those things. I don't want to live in sin. I don't want to do that junk, Lord. So me and her one day, we had been in a class and we started hearing this passage of scripture. And she looked at me and i never forget. She said, the Lord's delivered you out of the power of darkness. She said, the Lord's delivered you out of alcohol. That was the darkness in my life. So you know what I begin to do? I begin to quote that verse over my life. I begin to say, I thank you, Father God. You delivered me out of the power of darkness. You delivered me out of the power of alcohol. I begin to quote it, and I begin to say it, and I begin to thank it. Now, now uh, Romans 12, 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So not only do I begin to speak it, I begin to, to renew it in my mind. I begin to thank it. It didn't say to remove it from your mind. It said to renew it in your mind. Not remove your mind, renew it. But after a period of time, I begin to realize. I'm speaking it, I'm saying it, and I'm thanking it. But stuff hadn't really kicked in. You know when it began to kick in? It's when I begin to use the authority that I have and you have in the name of Jesus. So I begin to say it this way. I thank you, Father God, that you've delivered me from the power of darkness. And I'm free in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And you know what? Stuff began to happen in my life. And I can stand before you today and to God be the glory to Jesus. All I did was begin to stand on that. And it's it's been 30 plus years since I've had any alcohol. And I'm not just talking about saying, oh my God, I wish I could. I, I have no desire for it. It's almost like he took that whole desire. So I tell you that today, that you have a right to that. You're a partaker of that. And there's nothing wrong with you owning up and looking and saying, Lord Jesus, this is the darkness of my life. And so whatever the darkness is in your life, you put your name in there and you put that darkness in there and you begin to stand. And I will tell you this, Shelley stood with me. She began to see the things of God begin to happen. Now, you're real close there. I'm going to stop there and go to Colossians chapter 2. I want you to see this in Colossians 2. So Jesus, he purchased my freedom. He purchased yours. You can know it and still not use it. So again, you've got to put this into motion. And again, the things with the word of God are by faith. By faith, man, I begin to believe and I think, thank you, Lord Jesus. Colossians 2, verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses or your sin, and the circumcision of your flesh... Now, what he's talking about is your carnal and sinful nature right there. He has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all the trespasses. Now, what that means, guys, before you give your heart to Jesus, you're dead in your trespasses. Every one of us in this room, our only hope to come alive spiritually is Jesus. That's it. There's no other way, okay? And so he said, he's made you alive. Thank God he's made me alive. Together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. And he's wiped out. He's canceled. what is he wiped out or canceled? The handwriting requirements. The certificate of death, uh, of debt. The record of charges. So every one of us in this room, we have charges against us that we could never repay. All our sin, we can never repay it. But it says, he wiped them out. He wiped them out. I don't know about you, but I got a pretty good record. I mean, if I think that I, I could see the debt that was against me, it would be scary. So how did Jesus wipe it out? Keep reading. Having wiped out the handwritten requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, it wasn't us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And so every sin, every debt, for every one of us in this room, actually for all humanity, Jesus nailed it to the cross. And I don't know, but that's good news. That's really good news tonight, for every one of us. And so when we give our heart to Jesus, this is what takes place. Now, if I had time, I'd take you to Colossians 3. Colossians 3, verse 9 and 10, it says, Put off the old man and put on the new man. Put off the old man. Put When I begin to live for Jesus, I begin to put off those things, not by my ability, but by the grace of God. And so when we give our hearts to Jesus right here, he doesn't take us out of the world and he doesn't make us robots either. He comes into our hearts and he changes my heart and he changes my nature. And the more I hang out with Jesus, the more I start changing. The more I start changing. See, I I always get tickled when I get around people because a lot of times people think I've been this way my whole life. Oh no, not even close. Not even close. And so every one of us, we start at this infant stage. And the Bible says that as we desire the sincere milk of the Word of God, that you grow thereby. And so just as a natural baby begins to grow, if you give a baby milk and before long the food, it's a natural process they begin to grow. That's the same with us spiritually. As long as we get into the Word of God and we feed on the Word of God and we do the Word of God, we exercise ourselves, we'll start growing. What's, what's wonderful as a pastor is I've seen many of you in this room. I've seen your growth. I've seen people that have come in here and and have gotten born again and and believe it or not some people their growth goes just like this. I mean they take off it's if it's like they go from a baby to being Manny Ramirez spiritually overnight. Others it's like this. I hate to say this but I've seen others do this. They go the opposite. But it's how much of the Word of God I want to live in and how much of the Word of God I want to partake in. Now, the next verse is important. Verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers. Having disarmed them. Again, we go back. Who's the principalities and powers? It's the same one that is referenced in Ephesians 6.12. And it said Jesus disarmed them. It didn't say he annihilated them. It didn't say he abolished them. It said he disarmed them. So you know what that tells me? They're still here. They're still here. He curbed them. Now keep reading. He disarmed principalities and powers, and he made a public spectacle over them, triumphing them in it. I I believe this will help you right here. Understanding how he disarmed them. I remember as a kid back in Oklahoma growing up that around my grandma's house, she would have all kinds of hornets and wasps, wasp nests, hornets all over the place. And if you got near them sometimes, you could hear all the noise and you're like, oh, no. And it was like you would want to get away. You would run in terror or fear. Now, I don't know if you ever did this as a kid. And I don't recommend it. I'm glad your kids aren't in here to hear me say this. But if we ever caught a hornet or a wasp and we could get away with it, we would pull their stinger out. Did anybody else do that? Thank you for being honest. There's all these guys. We would do that. Now, understand this. The Lord pulled the stinger out of the devil. That's what he did. And so, when the devil comes buzzing around now, I kind of look at him like, I don't sweat you a bit. I don't fear you, and you're not going to intimidate me. Think about this. If you knew a hornet was flying in here right now, and you knew he didn't have a stinger, you know what you would say? Crawl all over me like a june bug. I don't care. And so, in this right here, understand, when Jesus disarmed the principalities, he pulled a stinger out of him, And he said to me and you, You don't have to fear him. All you start doing is addressing him in the name of Jesus. And so it doesn't matter who you are right here. I have a right to the name of Jesus and so do you. But again, unless one, I understand my inheritance that I'm a partaker of the inheritance in light. If I don't begin to understand this, he'll keep intimidating me. He'll keep me bound up. He'll keep me in darkness. And then number two, I start exercising my authority. And I start speaking in the name of Jesus. And I believe that's where every one of us should be and we can be. Now understand, God's no respecter of persons. And I used to hear people get up and they would literally give testimonies of how God set them free. And I would look and I would think, well, why didn't God set me free? And you know what I found out? He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. Until I start realizing what he did, and I go ahead and enforce what he did in the name, that I'm going to stay in hope there's like not- God will deliver you. He'll set you free. But you've got a part to play. Let me end with this tonight, and this is kind of off the subject a little bit. But we've been singing now for a couple months now the song on miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. And remember, the guy who wrote the song, he lost a newborn baby. Him and his wife. And they, they prayed and they said, Lord, we want him to live and he died. And, and they said this, even though our life's experiences aren't what we wanted, it doesn't change the word of God. We still believe in miracles. So Sunday we sing that song. Oh, Lord, the God of miracles, you're the God of miracles, you're the God of miracles. And I wish he was here tonight, I'd let him testify. But he said in those songs, I would begin to say, thank you, Father God, you're the God of miracles. I believe you're the God of miracles. And he said, Pastor, I don't know that if you knew this or not, but he said, a couple years ago, I was diagnosed with diabetes. And he said, I would go have to go back to the doctor, and they would put me on this and that. And, and I believe he was the place where he was giving himself a shot. He goes in there last week. And the doctor, he said, looked really perplexed. He looked at him. They did some more tests. The doctor came back and looked, did some more, and he looked at him and said, I can't find anything wrong with you. He said, I can't find nothing wrong. And he said, He said, God of miracles, Pastor. And I looked there and, and instead of saying, Well, Why doesn't God do miracles in my life? I started rejoicing and I said, that's what he wants to do for every one of us. That's what he wants to do for every one of us in this room. And it's the same right here with this. He wants to deliver every one of us. But until I get a hold of this stuff. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubbock.com.